it's exciting to not know what's coming and to think, oh, I'm going to look again. I wonder what that job is going to be. It's going to be such a surprise. I bet it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be this one. You can be thinking that before your audition. But if it's not this one, that's fine. I mean, you could have just as easily not gotten that audition. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dear Actor Podcast, the podcast in which film industry professionals share their stories, mistakes, successes, and advice they would have told themselves. I am your host and actor, Sage May. Before I introduce our guest, here's a quick word from our sponsors. As you know, it is vital that actors learn from industry professionals and gain the necessary tools to enrich their career. Ace Studios features numerous casting director workshops, specialized classes, intensives, and free events. Some of you may know I'm a New Yorker, and if it weren't for Ace, I wouldn't be able to meet any of the LA casting directors and learn from them, all from the comfort of home. They have affordable workshops with casting directors every week, a great community, and the perfect way to make connections. Go to acestudiosla.com, that's A-C-E studiosla.com, to make those connections today. We're also sponsored by the place I got all of my business of acting knowledge, the Hollywood Winner's Circle. I cannot stress this enough. If you're an actor who's just starting out or even got a little bit lost along the way, like I did, the Hollywood Winner's Circle led by Hollywood talent manager Wendy Aline Wright is the best thing you can do for your career. It provides a roadmap and explains everything you'll need to do to become an actor. They're also having a sale right now, so go to HollywoodWinner'sCircle.com and use code HWCNEW right now for $200 off. Our guest this week is an LA-based actress who's done a ton. You may have seen her in Shameless, Bombshell, 911, Two Broke Girls, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and so many more. She's also a mom and balances acting with mothering. Though she typically plays Karens, she's the complete opposite in real life. We're actually going to chat about playing characters you hate in this episode. <laughs> I love chatting with her. Please welcome Rachel Drummond. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so nice to see you. And we both have very fancy mics. This better sound amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no mean to brag, but. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to know how you knew acting was for you. Oh, gosh. I, um, I, don't, I was thinking about this. Um, I think I just loved everything about it from the get-go and I still do. I mean, obviously there's parts that we don't like about the business, but I think that's more like the not acting that I don't like. <laughs> like everything about the actual craft and job and being on set or being on stage, um, I just love it. And I always have, and um, you know, I love, I've always loved that rush of being on stage, like doing a play or doing an improv show or something. Um, but then also making things and being a part of other people making stuff and being creative or part of somebody else's creative process. It's the best. Yeah. So going off of that, when you knew it was for you, what were the first steps you took? Well, I told my mom I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> and she <laughs> is a or she was a teacher at the high school. And she asked the drama teacher at the high school, oh, you know, my kid wants to be an actor. What should we do? And she said, the drama teacher said, just tell her to just audition for everything. And we were like, what is an audition? We had no <laughs> idea what we were doing. Um, and then there was a little 
announcement in the town paper that there's going to be a play and there were auditions coming up and um so I went to the auditions for that and I was I think I was 13 and um it was just for like a community theater production of Arsenic and Old Lace and I think the director was just so tickled that basically a child showed up to audition that she gave me like a two-line part as a police officer in it <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I booked my first audition <laughs> straight out of the gate. And um, it was great. It was like such a fun, great experience. And I was lucky. It was a really good group of people to kind of have that first theatrical experience with and see them rehearsing and see the whole process of the tech week and, you know, performance days and everything. So, yeah, that was my first big audition. And then um, in terms of like commercial and theatrical, I had I had a commercial audition. The first commercial that I booked, it was for CeCe's Pizza. And um, that was many years into being here in LA and auditioning for stuff. And um, that was just a look, you know, I just kind of had to do a look. I had to want to get around someone in line for pizza. And it was very simple, but I felt like in the room, I felt like I really feel like they're seeing what I'm doing. I don't know. It's a weird, I, I use the word precious. Like I felt precious. I felt seen. I felt like what I'm doing is really working for this. Um, and then I had a similar experience and I, that was the first commercial audition that I booked for theatrical. It was again, many years into auditioning for TV, but it was the first pilot audition that I had been invited to. And I was so excited that I was going to a pilot audition. I was thrilled and it was one line and I was so happy sitting in the waiting room. I had my hands back behind my head and I was kind of sitting back like lounging <laughs> and some guy, some older guy came in who was auditioning for a different part. And he was like, you look like you're on vacation, not at an audition. I didn't even realize how I was sitting. And I was like, yeah, I'm just so happy to be here I was just so thrilled and then I booked it um so yeah those were my those were my first in each of those categories like successful auditions that's so fun um so since we talked about successful auditions do you have any examples of maybe the worst audition you've been on oh gosh so many um <laughs> uh -oh. there was one I don't necessarily even remember what I did in the room. It was a theatrical audition. It was on a lot, you know, it always feels like very exciting and very romantic when you get to go on the lot. I think it was at Fox and I did so terribly in the audition. I didn't do anything I planned. I didn't feel connected. I could tell that they didn't like me. Oh, and I think it was also this one was just like, I, I just bombed in the room and you kind of know a lot of the time, or maybe sometimes we think we know and we didn't, but what, for whatever reason, I felt awful. And I called my agent immediately when I walked out sobbing and I was like, I just want to go back in and ask her if I can try again. And she was like, Rachel, leave right now, like run, <laughs> you don't go back in especially crying and be like, please, can I try again? Like, you got to just let it go. I did not have any idea at that point about mindset. I'd never heard anybody talk about mindset or kind of like, yeah, what to do for yourself mentally or emotionally before and after auditions. That wasn't even on my radar. So yeah, just complete panic. The other one that was um, 
that I had gone in for a casting director and this was probably five years ago or something. And my children are right now are nine and 10, almost 11. And so I had had them before this audition. So let's say I'm going into the audition and I have like a four and a five-year-old. So it's been many years. And um, the casting director said, oh, it's so great to see you, Rachel. I, I thought to myself, I don't think Rachel's pregnant anymore, is she? Oh. <laughs> I haven't been pregnant in so long. Years That's and years. Um, but that was just kind of how I was in her mind. And, you know, sometimes you have friends or even, you know, you see celebrities, they have a baby. And then it seems like the next month and the baby is like five years old, like yeah. other people's kids, that time passes more quickly for everybody else. But for me, I was like, oh, my God, everyone's been thinking I've been pregnant for this whole time. I got to send out postcards and be like, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> and not pregnant announcement. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> But um, I'd love to go back to what you said about the mindset thing and stuff like that, because I think that oftentimes we don't realize how much emotion we're really putting into these auditions. And um, yeah. I, I had one for like literally one liner the other day. Yeah. And um, I was like, that went great. Like, that was fine. That was great. And then I'm just like crying hysterically after. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Nothing bad happened. It's just like yeah. we put our heart and soul into it. It doesn't go exactly as planned. It's like, ah, so I'd love yeah. to hear some of the mindset tips that you learned along the way since then. Yeah, we kind of torture ourselves yeah, over it um, <laughs> so unnecessarily because, yeah, like you were saying, it was great. Or even if you thought it wasn't great, it probably was better than you thought or it never goes the way we think it went. I am famously very confident in every audition. I'm always like, nailed it probably gonna book that <laughs> I love never and it's like it never is the ones that you think that about you know I'll send off a self-tape and be like well it would be silly to cast anyone else in that and it's like why can't I have that kind of confidence in any other area of it um so the mindset thing I think with auditioning for any size role is that you're gonna book again like you have booked even if it's like just a play in your, you know, fifth grade class, you booked it. You know, if you like got on an improv team on an improv school, like you booked that, you know, if you've done a student film or one commercial five years ago or, you know, whatever it is, you're going to book again. There's nobody that's just like, I don't know. It was so weird. I booked one acting job and then never again. I've been trying for 20 years. Like that doesn't happen. You're going to book stuff here and there. And it's always, there's an excitement to me about that. It's exciting to not know what's coming um, and to think, oh, I'm going to book again. I wonder what that job is going to be. It's going to be such a surprise. I bet it'll be fun. Um, maybe it'll be this one. You can be thinking that before your audition. But if it's not this one, that's fine. I mean, you could have just as easily not gotten that audition, whatever the processes of submissions and whatever casting associate was looking at the thumbnails and deciding who's going to come in and all that stuff. Like you could just as easily have not had this audition. They could just as easily go a different direction. There's so many reasons that we don't book that are not personal most of them are not personal. <laughs> I doubt that anyone is being like, I'm not going to book them because they're a horrible person. So I think all we can do is really do our job as an actor and just go, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to show them the Rachel way of doing this. And if I get it, awesome. If I don't, maybe the next one, you know, onward and upward. 
And there's also a um, something that you can do, which is to plan something for yourself right after the audition. Um, it's a little bit more challenging with self tapes, I guess, because um, we're just kind of always in the same place. But especially if you're going to an audition, kind of looking around that area. Oh, what is there in Santa Monica? Oh, I want to go and get a poke bowl at that place. Or, oh, I, I was meaning to go look at the sweaters at that store. It doesn't have to be buying something. It could be like, I'm going to go put my toes in the ocean or go walk in this park that I love, you know, that's near that studio in Burbank or something so that you have something planned. So it's not just, because there is such a big buildup, even for like one line, so much preparation. You can get coached on one line to go in with the confidence. And then afterwards is this huge letdown of like the adrenaline and everything. So yeah, your body kind of processing that with like crying and all the emotions coming up. So it, it, I don't think it would stop that. I don't think there's any harm in that, but no, but giving yourself that time and processing, maybe this is dramatic to say, but my understanding of, of trauma, even on a small level is something that hasn't been processed, right? So if you don't give yourself the time to process your true emotions or even like grieve a role that you didn't get, you kind of traumatize yourself on some yeah. level. Like, I'll just keep doing this. Just <laughs> keep going. Eventually it'll be fine. Um, Cause that's just the nature of what we're doing is the ups and downs and the booking or not booking. We don't get to change that. I love everything you said. I honestly agree with the thing you said about the trauma. I mean, even though it's such a small thing, like an audition, it's like, we put our life into it. It's like, that's your dream, you know? It's hard. Right, yeah. And you can imagine everything that would come from booking that. What Absolutely. person you get to work with or what set you get to be on or, yeah, you don't know what comes, you know, you hear all these like unicorn stories of co-star that turns into a series regular. I mean, we put a lot of weight on it because there is kind of a lot of weight on it. It's a high stakes tournament that we're in. I totally agree. I love that. So I'd love to talk about your Instagram bio, which says that you're not a Karen, but you play one on TV. <laughs> so I'd love to talk about playing characters that you ne- you wouldn't necessarily get along with in real life and uh-huh. kind of playing the villain. I mean, that's every actor's dream, right? It's yeah. a bad guy. Um, I have always kind of played characters that have something else going on underneath. Like, so, you know, I played a lot of alcoholics for a lot of years and then I played like a lot of secretly pregnant characters. And then I played like, uh, you know, now I'm just playing racist jerks all the time. Um, but that's kind of like part of what we work on as actors is trying to find our type, right? For, um, it just makes everything a little bit easier from getting headshots to marketing yourself to knowing what you bring into an audition naturally. You don't have to ice the cake. For me, the conversation starting to include and and getting so specific as to name her, to name this character, a Karen that we're all so familiar with and society or social media all together was like, here's your type. You know, I'm a middle-aged white woman who plays like a lot of angry, troubled characters. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I joke about it, but I think a lot of my characters are that entitled privileged, clueless, um, subtly or openly racist person. And there are a lot of stories that need that character to move them forward or to make something happen or to piss someone off or um, for whatever reason, you need that bad guy in that story. Great. 
here I am. Um, and the approach to it, I think, is like any other character where you're kind of looking at the script analysis and breaking down the um, script in terms of the story and looking at the character, what they say about themselves, what others say about them. And um, knowing that, I mean, that's kind of an old adage of that every character, even the villain is coming from a place of wanting thing, wanting something good, you know, um, however misguided it may be, even if they're doing something horrible, saying something horrible, doing some violent act, or um, they're always kind of coming from wanting to better something, make something better, whether it's their own life or a bigger group, like a family or society at large, they have kind of a point of view that what they're doing is right. And so I kind of have to figure that out and then see if they actually are a horrible person, how they're horrible and how to layer that in. Like, you know, like I, Rachel, uh, as a as a human, not an actor. <laughs> so there should be a word for that. Um, just in my life, I breastfed my children and I thought it was great. Okay, so that's just something that I said that's fairly positive or could be almost neutral. Um, but if my character is saying that and I know that she's supposed to be horrible, like, well, in what way is she supposed to be horrible? Is she, um, can I up like the kind of pride I feel in that? Or can I be like transparent if I'm supposed to be judgmental of someone else? Like, well, I breastfed my kids and I loved it, you know, or I could, you know, have like a real nastiness about the delivery. Um, but it's coming from a place of good. It's coming from, this is the fact, this is what I did. Maybe it was awful for me. And I did, did it because of pressure in the mommy wars that everybody would judge me if I didn't breastfeed my children. Maybe I didn't and I'm lying, you know, but um, it's all got to come from a place of like trying to help someone or self-preservation for the character. I mean, my point of view is not that I'm awful, although that would be a fun character to play. <laughs> Like, I'm just terrible like, and I know it beating themselves up all the time yeah yeah I think it's really interesting what you said about these characters don't think they're awful so yeah just playing oh if anything way. especially with that entitlement like are you kidding I'm flawless you know like they think they're so fantastic absolutely um so I'd love to talk about an offshoot of like type and stuff we both said that we <laughs> stalked each other a little bit and watched our reels and stuff so i went to your <laughs> actors access and i saw that you have slate shots on every headshot so i'd love to talk about slate shots and what they are and why you have them and how to get a good one sure yeah they were added not that long ago i feel like maybe within the last five to ten years they it, it didn't used to be a thing and when it came around uh i think I and many others kind of had this attitude of like, oh gosh, yeah, another thing we need to do. Mm -hmm. It costs money and aren't the headshots enough? And you're going to see me in the audition. Um, but now I see them as, yeah, just another opportunity to kind of show myself. And just like a headshot is showing a different aspect of myself. I can do that in my introduction. And I, some of them I get, I go all out and I get really silly, like the mom shots and stuff. I've even like used my kids in them and edited them down to seven seconds. Like, um, 
I've done like silly jokes where I act like I'm going to talk for a long time and it gets cut off or, but, you know, if you have like a special skill or something that would go with that, you know, if you have kind of like a wacky shot and you happen to like know how to write a unicycle and juggle, then do that in your slate shot, you know, like that's something impressive, but it can be much smaller than that too. Like if there's like a little smile that you always do that everyone's always like, oh, that was an unexpected sexy smile that you do. Like maybe you do that in your shot that's like more dramatic. That's like, oh, she can also be like this like coy, sexy person or something. Or maybe um, there's like kind of a resting bitch face that you always go to when you're like training at a restaurant and, it turn and nobody likes you in the beginning. And it's like that, um, you realize that that face that you make, even if you're unaware of it, then you become aware of it. It's like, maybe you can use that for your like rich lady shot. That's like, maybe the shot itself has a little bit of a smirk to it, but then in the slate shot, you can kind of start with that kind of jerk face. <laughs> um, I don't know if resting bitch face is even appropriate to say anymore, but um, yeah, I think it's just an opportunity and the, yeah, the attitude to have about them is that it's an opportunity to show another side of yourself. And what I do is after I have a headshot session, I have asked every headshot photographer if they will do slate shots. I think they should do them as part of the headshots. But then I'm like, well, I'd probably like hate them if they did that because I kind of agonize over it. I kind of film like a million. No, I get it. it I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just go through, you know, I set up my self tape setup and I put on each outfit that I had on for the headshots. And then I, with the attitude of that headshot, just do my introduction a few times. I don't do that many jokes anymore. Um, maybe I got lazy. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the, these current shots are not as wacky as previous. Ones. No, you had um, one of the ones I saw was like one of the like, I guess bitchier shots. You're like, yeah, hi, I'm Rachel, and one thing about me is, and you have a shirt that says nope on it, and oh, yeah. you like hold up the nope, and then the ends. I was like, this yeah. is great. This is why I wanted to ask you about it, because it yeah, was so funny. Yeah, you gotta funny. have fun. It's yeah. like, why not? Seven seconds? That's like no time. It's time to like say your name and then like start to say something else, or you know, show that you can jump really high. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or you could have like your pet in it or something. That would be cute to show like a softer side. If you have like a cuddly headshot with like a cashmere sweater and then your slate shot is like you with your dog or your cat or something, that would be adorable. Um, just have fun with them because there doesn't seem to be any rules to them. And I don't know if this is true, but supposedly, at least when they started, you would get move to the top of yeah. the submissions or something the, the chunk of people that had the slate shot so yeah my reps like require them on every headshot basically yeah yeah I, I heard that too I think it's true <laughs> yeah. yeah um so I'd love to hear if you have any tips on booking co-stars because you have some great co-stars on your resume oh thank you um gosh well like I said before confidence is huge and I think um I used to get coached on every co-star everything um you know I went to a studio at the time uh Stan Kirsch Studios where I teach now and I still take classes there and they'll like prorate you know you can go for a 15 minute coaching um and just that gives you like the confidence I guess um before you before you can create it for yourself if you're going in going like I don't know or what do they want um coaching helps a lot. Um, I think there's also a mindset 
aspect to it of like, there isn't a right answer. There isn't a right way to do it. I mean, if you did something completely insane, like just yelled the line when it was clearly supposed to be whispered or something. But for the most part with co-stars, um, you can probably figure it out for yourself and then not worry about like, is this the right way to do it? Because they're not looking for someone to solve a puzzle like a mathematical equation. Um, they just wanna see your interpretation. And then, yeah, I would just say in terms of analyzing the script, you know, taking your time with it and not saying, oh, it's just one line, it's just easy. Look, read as much of the script as you can. If there are other co-stars posted there, like the sides, read those. If you can get a script, read that, because everything will help you to figure out what you're doing in the scene or why you're there. Um, and then you can get really specific with your choices and with um, everything that you do in the audition is gonna be supported by all the information you can gather. Um, and then I would say connecting with the reader if you can, or with, um, you know, a lot of us have virtual readers now or roommates or husbands who are reading with us. Um, <laughs> but even if you go into an audition in person, you don't know if you're gonna get a great reader or a bad reader, but to connect with them in some way, even if it's, a bad reader and you can think like oh gosh is this person okay are they not feeling well or you know there's something wrong with them um have a curiosity and a connection with them because we kind of all go around connecting with each other looking at each other wondering about each other and then when we get into our scene sometimes especially with nerves and tension that kind of shuts our brains down a little bit we become very internal and are only connecting with ourselves and it's um, very easy to forget that we're supposed to be a human connecting to another human. And there happens to be another human with you there, unless you're just taping yourself and filling in your lines later, which I've done that too. Um, but then maybe you give yourself a stuffed animal or a post-it or something to connect with. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah. So I'd love to hear some of your favorite co-stars that you've booked. Oh gosh. Uh, well, my favorites, I mean, it's all going to sound really name droppy, but they're um, these people that I've gotten to work with are all big stars for a reason because they're amazing. Um, I did an episode of Parenthood and I got to be in the scene with Lauren Graham and Ray Romano. And that show was very, it was very, um, it seemed very improvised. It seemed very natural. And I was always like, oh, this writing is amazing. And the writing was amazing, but then the actors would improvise a lot around it and get kind of just like make it their own in this way that I haven't really seen on a lot of shows. And as an improviser myself, I was like eating it up. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was playing a horrible woman who was being totally unreasonable <laughs> and demanding and yelling. And um, like, what fun to be doing it with these masters of comedy and performance um, who I had watched in so many things. It was just like such a dreamy experience. Um, and then similarly with uh, Speechless, I got to be in the scene with mini driver and I was sick on that day I had a little cold like you know this is obviously 
several years pre-COVID, so no one was worried about it, but it was one of those things like when your eyes start to water, like a sneeze is coming and it's like almost your time to say your line and you're looking into this famous person's eyes. And she was looking at me like so concerned and um, (laughs) she was so lovely and she kept taking care of me and asking if there was like, you know, some cold medicine. I don't know. She even like gave my character a name and was like, she was just such a, a love. Um, and so even though I was like, panicked and had a cold, it was a really good experience. Um, and then one of my more recent ones, I got to do a scene in, um, in Shameless. Yes. With H. Macy. And he is everything you'd want him to be. He's so playful and fun and silly. And again, you know, we're yelling at each other in a scene because that's <laughs> what most of my scenes are. Um, but it was just such a joy. Um, and also a COVID, you know, it was during COVID. Um, and I think pre-vaccination, pre-anyone being vaccinated, and they were so incredibly thorough and safe and everything on set. And that was really incredible to see. Um, that was just, yeah, from top to bottom, an amazing experience. You're amazing in that one, was in oh, the shameless you. one. Like that was... You guys were so evenly matched, and he's William uh-huh. H. Macy, so I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. He's a very generous actor. <laughs> and you're so really. frustrating in it, but so yeah. is he, and it's so good. It's such a great scene. Dang. <laughs> Dang, so um, really you teach a commercial class, as you said. I do, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear do's and don'ts of commercial acting. Sure. Um, I think that we kind of, I don't know, we have like a different mindset with commercials as actors, maybe because commercials are shorter or sillier or um, maybe because there's so much money involved. It seems like a higher stakes situation because every commercial is like, oh man, if I book this, this could be my year's income. And then there's also that, like what I was saying with a one-line co-star, there's almost like a oh, well it's just a commercial or it's just a one line or something or just a look I don't even have to say anything in this where we don't really take it seriously and so I would say my first do would be to take it seriously and um and give yourself that experience like we all you know we're all actors we're all like into it we like doing it so like why kind of brush it off in favor of something else you have to do or um making it low on your list of priorities like that's an audition that you could like make your year's salary on um, and you could make your health insurance and you could, you know, so it is high stakes, but also um, I think investing yourself that way kind of gives yourself a gift. And then you maybe look at the script more carefully or you think about like, oh, if I get a chance to improvise, like what are some things about this that are funny to me? Or um, what are some ways that I could connect with the other person up there with me or with my reader? because we're all creative people. And I, I think to rob yourself of the creative process, just because it's, you know, quote, just a commercial, um, you do a disservice to yourself. Um, and then another do I would say is to watch a lot of commercials. It's really easy now not to watch them because we can um, watch streaming services and opt out of them. We can watch something at the beginning and skip the others. Um, and I say, just watch them 
or if you're seeing a lot of the same ones, um, turn on a show that you're not interested in that comes on a different channel that you never watch or at a time of day that you never watch. Watch some kids shows, watch some soap operas, watch some morning talk shows if you never watch those because you'll get different targeted ads for the kind of people that would be watching those. Like some, some of the ads when you watch um, soap operas or shows during the middle of the day are more medical based or more for people who might be stuck at home or you know in a situation where they might need different things than someone who's watching a Nickelodeon show and they need to know about like diapers and educational stuff it's not necessarily geared toward the kids it's geared toward the grown-ups that are watching it with those kids and when you watch the commercials you kind of look at the style different styles um what are people that look like you or that are your type doing you know who's casting them there's also um there's a website called ispot tv and or is it ispot.tv yeah i think it's ispot.tv yeah and you can just watch commercials on there you don't have to get a membership i think on the front page it says like most recently played and then you can click on that and kind of filter and search different ones and it's one of those things of like, if you want to work in this business, like let's watch what this business is doing. And they're fun. Most of the commercials are fun or cute, or you can see, you can notice things like trends and hair and clothes for like the people who are writing and casting your type. I kind of said this before in terms of the slate shots, but like study yourself and kind of know your little tricks and isms, little smiles you do or looks or it might be actual tricks like the unicycle and the juggling or something like and think and and what's unique about you what you bring to commercials because they they're not really casting actors that are stretching a lot for commercials they're casting the type of people that they need so the more clear you can be on the type of person that you are and who you are and what you have to offer in terms of like comedy and what's aspirational about you what's um funny or cute about you, all that kind of stuff is going to just be um, helping you in the audition room for a commercial or in your audition self-tape. Um, and then in terms of don'ts, I think, I think just don't beat yourself up. I think that's, um, I think we all do it. I was talking about how funny it is. It would be to play a character who, be, who who's like thinks that they're terrible, but it's like, we kind of all are those characters, um, you know, as, as confident as I can feel about a, a self-tape. I can beat myself up about it 10 minutes later and be like, oh, I probably chose this, the wrong take. And, oh, you know what? Maybe I misunderstood this about, you know, second guessing, beating yourself up, um, psyching yourself out with who else is auditioning, looking at who booked it and going, did I do something wrong? I did just what they said. Or, you know, um, it's all useless to us. Like it doesn't further our career or our abilities at all you know if you're able to look at something that someone else booked that you auditioned for neutrally and say oh okay interesting what did they do differently but sometimes they did exactly what you did and you got it or didn't get it for a reason that you frankly probably don't want to know so like don't don't beat yourself up or second guess um, and just kind of try to enjoy the process of trying to figure it out and I think with commercials it might even be easier because it is in a way like a numbers game like because there's so many of them so you can do your best it doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily 
book it. You just have to enjoy the process of figuring it out. What makes me feel more comfortable? Maybe I like, it turns out I like to park and go for a walk before I go into my audition because that lets my brain rest a little bit. Or maybe I always have to have um, something pleasurable or restful or shopping or um, food, something after, planned for after the audition or, you know, figuring out what works best for you in your prep, but also in your execution and taking care of yourself. I just read a book called Get Everything Done and Still Have Time to Play. Can't remember the name of the author. But one of the things he says in it is that we, we kind of agonize in our lives about things that we can't accomplish or we get in ruts, even like in thoughts of like, we're always thinking the same thing. And he was like, sometimes if you just put a little extra thought and planning towards something, you can like figure it out. And I feel that way with auditioning too. Like if there's something that's always bothering you, like every time I go in, I feel like crap afterwards or every time I go in I get really nervous beforehand well let's try out some things then to see if something else helps maybe you listen to a, a five minute confidence meditation on YouTube before you go in or maybe you I don't know you don't want, don't want to take drugs or anything maybe you do something like more relaxing beforehand or you you try to learn about uh you know, you look up how other people overcame nerves. There's that trick of thinking of it as excitement because, you know, excitement and scared physiologically are so similar that you can kind of trick yourself. I mean, we're all very imaginative, right? That's why we got into this. So like using our imaginations to help us when we can. So I'd like to know when it's appropriate to use improv too, because a lot of the time with commercial stuff they some casting directors love it and some are not a huge fan yeah yeah I think with commercial you can always ask if it doesn't come up um and with self-tapes I have my agents ask stuff all the time so if it doesn't stay specifically in the audition um you can always ask um and if you're doing a self-tape especially you can send in multiple takes you know you can do one take sticking to the script and one take with a little improv. And I always plan ahead of time, quote, improvs, because you want to look at the script in terms of like how you will interpret it. And so if it's something that's got to be funny, it's got to be funny to you. Um, and so figuring out and going like, oh, okay. And then if I have a little room to play, maybe I'll say, Hey, honey, you see that? Or, you know, it doesn't have to be like a funny line. It can be about the relationship or it can be like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example of like, I can't come up with a specific example, but the, uh, it doesn't have to be you being hilarious, like in a short form improv game. It can just be like, you know, I was think, trying to think of like a husband and wife connecting over something they maybe shouldn't connect over or, um, you know, whatever the scenario is, you can just say like, what's funny about this to me? And like, how would I make it funnier or um, more me if given the opportunity? What's something, what's a joke that I always make or something that I know that I can do that always makes people laugh. And then you're kind of going in there with that confidence, whether you get to use it or not, it's going to help you. That's all part of the work that you're doing, prepping that script. So 
in instead of kind of writing stuff off because it's just a commercial or just a one-line um, co-star audition, kind of embracing the silliness of it and getting to be creative in a silly way. Not all commercials are comedic, obviously. Um, some of them are just like a slice of life or some of them are more of a spokesperson, like trying to sell something directly to you. But a lot of them, especially if you're an improviser, um, will be comedic. And so not thinking less of it because of that, because it's kind of like, I mean, didn't we all get into it because it's silly and fun? you know, and embracing the silliness of it. Like, I don't think any of us started out as actors because we were like five years old and discovered Hamlet's monologue. <laughs> you know, we weren't yeah. all like, you know, cr doing crying and dying roles when we were 12. I mean, maybe, I mean, Anna Paquin, okay. But most of us were probably like, da -da 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 -da, like dancing yeah. around the dinner table <laughs> trying to entertain our stressed out parents. So like, we're all silly and like, love that about yourself and and find other ways that you can be silly it's the same thing like when you, you have you ever had the experience where you are asked to prepare three or four scenes for a theatrical audition and then you go in and they go we just need scene one yeah or we're yeah. just gonna do scene three and you're like ah spent so much time and then I got spent money getting coached and everything all that preparation though helped you and enriched your just seen one or just seen three. Like it's better because you did all those. So even if you prepare your comedic moments or your possibilities for improv, you don't necessarily need to be writing the lines. You can just go, oh, if there's a moment here before they cut the camera, I could play with um, the energy, whatever I'm getting from my person that's up there with me. Um, it's all just gonna help you if you don't get to do it in the room. So why not prep it that way? Um, and if it's if it's theatrical and you know you're going in for a comedy and you're like oh god I have all these ideas for things I could say between these lines or to add to these lines and then someone in your class goes they hate improv do not do it and you're like okay now you have that knowledge great those things that you prepared and and worked on are still going to be there they're still there for you for character thoughts and and everything and you can save them for the next time when you go in for a casting director who loves improv you know yeah, for um, sure. I think yeah. with taping also, it makes it easier because um, it's like if you know that they want you to do improv, you have so much time to do it. Um, yes. I had a tape recently that I did with my boyfriend and it's like the character I was playing is like thinking of a scenario where she's kidnapped and then locked in a basement and it's like all very overdramatic and we were like, yeah. And, like, for some reason, what came out of my mouth, I'm locked in the basement with nothing to eat except Purina dog chow. And, like, we, we thought that was, like, the funniest thing ever. And we kept building on it, being like, what if you say Purina big dog kibbles and bits? Like, and we were just, like, we couldn't get through a take. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, I love what you said about, like, finding yeah, stuff that awesome. makes you laugh. because Yeah, that makes you engage yeah. with the material, yeah. makes you laugh, and we get to see you. Yeah, I mean, my husband was working on a scene with me the other day where... He was like, it's interesting because this scene, it, you know, kind of starts in the middle. And if I was going to film it on set, I would have the actors definitely like improvise. It wasn't comedic or anything, but they're like in bed and looking into each other's eyes and stuff. He's like, you'd, you'd say a few lines if we're like launching into it. And so I was like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so I ended up sending it in with the improv because it was just like a couple of lines, but I was like, good morning, you know, and 
you know, we said a couple, a couple of things before I started the actual scene. And then when I watched it back, I was like, oh, that's so much more alive than the other takes when I started that scene, but also when I started the improv, because it was that moment of connection of like, oh, hey, we're two people talking, you know? Um, yeah, so give yourself those gifts. For sure, I love it. Um, so this is the last question. Uh, everyone gets this one last. I'd love to hear what you would have told yourself when you were starting out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I think I probably would have I mean, I think I did this anyway, but maybe not, I, maybe I wasn't aware of it, but just to embrace the process um, and to like fall in love with the ups and downs of it because it's so rich. It's such a amazing experience that we're all doing. Like people talk about following your dreams and doing something creative and then we went and did it. You know, I heard a, my friend, Allison Yates, who has an Instagram, hers is called Dear Actor Friends. What? I have to know her then. Yeah, you guys have to be best friends. We do. I'll, oh let, my I'll let her know. As yes. well. I will alert her to her new best friend. Yeah. Oh um, my but she, um, <laughs> she has lots of great videos and she was struggling the other day with the idea of, there feels like this, this, pressure to go out and get something done to go out and grab it and she was like I don't even know what it is to go out and grab like I don't necessarily want to make my own content but I feel like as an actor I'm supposed to like go out and do something but it seems pretty well defined what we do you know we study our craft and then we do our auditions and we try to be great on set and all this stuff and um I was saying to her I think we did I think we did come out and grab it like I think this is it and we're doing it and what an amazing life we're leading and yeah we can you know get down on ourselves all the time beat ourselves up for everything but I think in every career people do that and I think that we're doing a career that we really love and are excited about and what a blessing you know um people used to <laughs> when I was a certain age people would ask how long are you going to give this acting thing and I was like I I don't have an end date in mind, but I think as long as I love it, as long as I don't feel like bitter and resentful toward it, then I hope I'll have the presence of mind to quit. But you know, I still love it. And I've aged into Karen's and I'm still loving <laughs> it. So. Yeah, but it's you're so great at it. I mean, okay. no offense, but you're great at it. <laughs> custom made I don't know yeah well thank you so much this is amazing thank you Paige I was honored to be asked to be on the podcast of course thank you so much for listening feel free to give the podcast a rate on whatever platform you're listening on and as always you can email us at dearactorpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on instagram at dearactorpodcast I'll see you next week with our next guest Thank you.